Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Good morning and welcome to everybody in the room. There's the microphone. Can we just say, there you are. It's good to see everyone. Can we thank our team for what they offered to us? Praise God. Wow. Super, super good. Just, man, I love when I'm singing and I can feel people singing around me and like the hair on the back of my head starts to stand up because it just feels like God's in the house, right? Praise God for that. Hey, uh, before we begin, I want to shout out a couple of things. Um, one is this, we have a very, very precious couple that has just uh, been giving so much service, so much time, so much energy, so much love to our church uh, over these uh, past years, and this is their last weekend with us. They're moving to the West Coast, and I want to ask you to help me honor Grant and Linda Wilson. They're right over here. There they are. Stand up. Stand up. I want people to see you. Give it up for Grant and Linda. Uh, they are going over, they're going to be over there where their son and daughter-in-law live, and they're going to be attending the church that uh, is led by my best friend, and we have been fighting over the Wilsons for a year. <laughs> and uh, anyhow, I've mostly forgiven Pastor, Pastor George for that. Hey, the other thing I wanted to say, too, um, you know, over, before the pandemic hit, right? I mean, we're worshiping around 2,000 on a weekend. All this stuff is going on. God's really doing some great things. Uh, the pandemic hits. Everybody scatters. We go to mostly online. Now people are navigating their way back to worship with us uh, in person. But the coolest thing has been developing uh, at Community of Hope over, these, uh, over this last year and a half. And we need a cool thing to happen over the last year and a half, right? <laughs> Something cool ought to happen. And uh, we've been having um, some, we don't even know yet what to call them, micro communities, watch parties, house churches have been forming. We have one that is formed uh, up in Martin County. I want to show you a picture. Here they are here. Uh, and uh, I think there's another picture there. And uh, can we shout out to this group? I think they're watching us worship right now. And, uh, and I want to introduce you to my friends, uh, Craig and Kim uh, Stevens, and they are launching a watch party, house church, micro community, whatever, in St. Lucie County. They've just started, so can we shout out to them? So awesome uh, what is happening. It's really a cool thing to happen, but, uh, and as well, I'm meeting folks every weekend who are coming who are coming back, and we have new families uh, stepping in. God's doing a great thing. Uh, I want us to begin. We're going to start. It's October, and this is why I'm wearing this. It's October. I have to wear this. I, 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 yeah, I won't say anything else, but anyhow, I'm just going to stop there. But it's October, and uh, we wanted to take an opportunity to talk, invite us into a conversation that I think we need to have that's going on in our culture around us. And we thought, our teaching team thought this would be a great idea to talk about this subject. And we're beginning a series today, you just saw it, we're talking about peace. And in fact, not only peace, I want to talk to us about deep peace. And uh, this is something that I think is a, a welcomed conversation we need to have. And the reason we want to have it is there seems to be such a lack of it going on right now, right? Have you all noticed that? 
There is such a lack of peace right now. It seems like everyone is uptight. Uh, everyone is on edge. Many of us are not living in our healthiest headspace right now. And so we thought this would be a good uh, subject to address. And here's what I want to invite you to do. We're going we're gonna to talk about this for a few weeks uh, across the, the month, really, of November. And uh, you might have a friend. You might have a family member. You might have somebody that you know. We're going inv- to ask you to invite them to be a part of the conversation. They could stream online. They can listen to a podcast later. They could uh, come to the service uh, on the weekend. And we're going to have, I think, a very healthy conversation about moving uh, in this age of anxiety back toward the peace that God offers to us in Christ. Someone say amen to that. And I was thinking about this. Uh, We have a lot of pictures in our house, much like you you probably do. We're trying to figure out what to do with that. And a while uh, back, Beth, uh, my sweetheart, was going through some of this, and she brought to me a picture that was a picture that somebody took of our family right when we were starting Community of Hope. And I want to show you, this is, look at that. Isn't that awesome? I mean, don't you look at that and go, how did he get connected with them? I, I know you're thinking it. I'm just going to go ahead and call that out. And I just want to remind all the dads in the room that when you, when, you, when you have that, eventually it turns into this. And I want you to see, there it is. Uh, yeah. Isn't that awesome? Men start knocking on your door. That's what, that's what happens. But at any rate... Uh, when our girls were younger, not as young as that first picture, but I remember a season in our home where they would uh, offer to us different phrases. They would say certain things, and, and moms and dads, you're probably like us. They would say stuff. You pretend you know exactly what they're talking about. They leave the room. You conspire together and go, what the heck are they actually saying, right? And my girls, whenever things would get tense or be a little anxiety, they're stuff going on, they would, one of them would say, it's like threat level midnight. And we would go, it is. And then they'd leave and we'd go, what is threat? What is threat level midnight? And we learned, actually what we learned was this is something our girls would say to us when it would get a little tense, a little foreboding, a little scary. And, and over time we learned it was their phrase, their attempt to call out anxiety in the room. And here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of anxiety in the room. And maybe not in this room, maybe this room, but there's anxiety. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And and in fact, researchers are saying some of the things that are spiking right now in our culture are unlike anything else we've ever experienced. Largely due probably to the pandemic, largely due to, to all of this stuff that is going on that's sort of fracturing, that's sort of breaking right now in our culture. But um, it's a real, real thing. And so we thought we would spend some time Uh, talking about it. You know, here's the thing. Ultimately, the Christian faith presupposes certain things to us. In fact, this is one of the things I love about when we sing. When we sing, we recognize, right? Not everybody is, is in this space with the songs we're singing. Some of us are singing saying, you know, uh, we believe this wholeheartedly. There's a lot of emotion. Some of us are singing going, I don't believe it yet. I want to. Some of us are singing going, I'm not sure if that's true. I'm just sort of trying to figure all this out. And so we have an idea uh, uh, about that, that kind of thing. And the pre, and the faith presupposes to us certain things. And uh, I know sometimes that our faith presupposes things that are not true. I remember when I first became a follower of Christ, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. I remember somebody, you know, had uh, told me one time that, you know, once you give your, 
your life uh, to Christ and you begin to navigate a walk with him, all your problems go away. I left that church. That's not true. Okay. Uh, In fact, one Christian author I was reading from said this one time. He said, Jesus promised to those who follow him really only three things. They would be absurdly happy, entirely fearless, and always in trouble. And I, I remember thinking, I get the always in trouble part, the entirely fearless or absurdly happy, I'm still working on part, right? And, um, but here's the thing. The Christian faith does presuppose this. Peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that isn't something we manufacture. It's something that comes to us and ministers to us, not in our own strength. I became a Christ follower when I was 16. Uh, My dad was in corporate management with Nabisco. We lived in on the West Coast. We lived over in the Bradenton area. And I was a sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school is not a great time to leave and move. And my dad came home one afternoon and said, hey, we're moving to Palm Beach County. Hey. <laughs> and, I can, and, and I can remember right around that time, I had a friend of mine who invited me to a Christian concert. And I went to this concert, and I felt like every single thing the dude was talking about and singing about, he was talking to me. Ever had that feeling? And I didn't even know really what I was doing. It was just a 16 year old, skinny, very good-looking kid. <laughs> and, and I remember walking down and talking to this guy and saying, man, I feel like, feel like you're talking about me, and we don't, you know. And he said, this is the power of Christ. And I gave my life to Christ, and we moved. And we moved over to here, uh, here and we got connected to church, which, interestingly, some of you all know the story, is now our East Campus, which is a very humbling thing for me. And and uh, we, we connected in that church, and I started attending first a, a youth group and then a college group there, and we would sing songs. And one of the songs was Peace Like a River. You ever remember singing this song? Sing it with, I've got peace like a river. Come on, y'all. Like a river. They sang it at night. Like a river in my soul, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And, and I, I remember asking the youth director, what is peace like a river? I don't get it. And this is what he said to me, and I've never forgotten. He said this, he said, a river, think about it, Dale. He said, a river finds its way over and around any obstacle. It just moves forward. And some of us are finding that the power of Christ let loose in a life does that. Uh, One of the great hymns of the faith we sing, we're going to sing it today, is a hymn entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. Yeah. I want to tell you about this hymn. Uh, It was written by a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford. That's a name, right? I'm going to show you a picture of him. Uh, He's a guy who was a successful attorney, real estate broker, who lost his fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. The same time that he lost his fortune, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. So he's really in the depths of despair, and he went to his family, and he said, "Um, I really think that all this is going on in our lives right now, and we should take some time as a family and just be away. 
So he booked his four daughters and his wife on a ship's passage to England. He was going to tidy up some business and meet them there. And on their passage across the Atlantic, their ship collided with another ship, and it sank. And over 200 people were lost on the ship, including his four daughters. His wife was somehow plucked from the water, uh, made it to England, and she cabled her husband, Horatio. She cabled him back, and this is what she said, saved, saved alone. What do I do? Can you imagine? So he books another passage on a ship, and he's on his way to England. And uh, the captain of that ship, who knew Horatio Spafford personally and knew the tragedy that had befallen him, went to his stateroom at the exact time the ship was passing over the place where the ship carrying his family was lost. And he, he took him out of his stateroom, took him to the top deck and said, it's right here. This is where this happened. And the story goes that Horatio Spafford just, he got out a, an envelope that he had and he wrote on the envelope these words, when peace like a river attends my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it's well with my soul. And here's what I want to say to you. I mean, we're kind of at a moment there where we have to say either he's crazy or the Christian faith presupposes that you and I can experience a kind of peace in our lives that transcends our circumstance. And I don't know about you, but I guess you're like me. We need to know that's true. When I first got into the ministry, I had a friend who was mentoring me and as an upstart, and he just said, He said to me, Dale, one of the things I pray that you'll do your whole life is I pray that you'll walk through crowds slowly because everybody's fighting a battle. And I think that's true in this room, right? I mean, there's stuff that's here. We're we're all dealing with stuff. And one of the things that the Christian faith presupposes is that you and I can have peace like a river, that we can have a God who attends over our way. And so I want to talk about it. We chose as a verse, we always kind of pull together a verse around the truths we want to teach here at Community of Hope. And the verse we chose is Isaiah 26.3. And we're going to put it on the screen. It, 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 just, it just says this. Uh, it, it talks about the peace of God, and it says, you, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. 
And the old prophets saying they're not just, not just peace, but perfect peace, whole peace, complete peace, that we can imagine a circumstance we're going through where God, by the power of his spirit, can enter into that circumstance and manifest whole or complete peace as we walk through it. And so what I want to do over the next three weeks is I want to talk to you from my idea, what I think are the three things that take peace, peace from us. And then I want to offer to you in a final talk, really in this series, kind of a secret about peace. And so because it's Halloween, I thought it would just be appropriate to talk about fear, because this is Halloween. And uh, a lot of us have fears. I love how columnist Dave Barry writes about this. He has such great wit. Dave Barry says, all of us have fears. We all have fear. We have fear of spiders, fear of the dark, fear of lobsters, fear of falling on lobsters in the dark. <laughs> we, all, we all have fear. And, uh, and so I, I think this would be a great thing to talk about. Um, I want to share with you a little personal story that's going on in my own life. I don't want to get too personal, but you know, I just want to share because I feel like we're all learners, right? We're all learning together. I want to make sure that you know that I'm learning together too. Um, uh, about a year or so back, uh, right as the pandemic was starting, I was working out with some buddies of mine. We would meet at Orange Theory and kind of crunch together at Orange Theory. And I don't know if you know what Orange Theory is like, but you come in and they hook you up to a monitor. And you don't even have to know. Nobody has to know who you are, but you know who you are. And you, you get to see how you're doing in light of everybody else on there. And, um, and there's these different grades. You know, you kind of start out and it's gray. And then you warm up a little bit. It turns blue. And then, then you get, I think, uh, you go from green and then you go to orange. Orange is the zone that's still healthy, but you're burning calories. You're getting healthy. You're doing a thing. Red is like you're redlining it. You don't want to overly do the red, right? And so I'm, I'm working out with these guys and, and, and it, it's sort of interesting that the, right as we start, I'm in the red. Like I'm tapping out, right? You know, and the, and the, and the girl who's leading us, she comes over and she goes, hi, Pastor Dale, like, or is everything okay? It's okay. <laughs> you know, I just noticed like you've been in the red a little while. Should you, should you back up? Should you back off your workout a little bit? And the, the, the bottom line is we weren't even working out yet. I just turned the thing on and I'm just like, you know, walking and I'm in the red, and I, I started thinking about this seriously, y'all, and I thought, why is it? That's why when I run with my family, you've heard me say this before, I don't ever stop, but I don't run what? Fast. And I thought, that's sort of weird. So I go for my physical, and, I, and the guy takes my blood pressure, and he goes, your heart rate's up. Why is your heart rate up? And I thought right away, you're trying to be kind. I'm like, well, I'm paying you to tell me why my heart rate is up. <laughs> And he goes, I think we ought to look at that. He goes, we ought, we ought to, I, I think you ought to have like an echocardiogram. I said, what's that? And he said, well, they're going to kind of take a look at your heart. I mean, we ought to kind of figure this thing out. So, so I go for the echocardiogram. I go back and he goes, I think you ought to see a cardiologist. <laughs> so this past week, I go to the cardiologist. And I'm at the cardiologist's office. He comes in and he says, Here's, he walks right in. He goes, there are some things I want us to talk about. First, we'll take your blood pressure. <laughs> this is how this goes down. And what do you think? My blood pressure. He goes, why is your blood pressure up? I'm like, I'm at a cardiologist. <laughs> and so I learn, I learn that one of my 
valves doesn't push all the blood out. Like it's a thing. And so now I really, because I have to tell you all, this is, this is hard to confess. I'm at Orange Theory, and I'm in the red, and I was judging everybody in the room. I was going, I'm in better shape than him. I'm in better shape than him. I'm in way better shape than him. And now I know, now I, now I have a medical reason to be a slug. But I have to, I have to be honest with you guys. I mean, you're figuring it out. He said, nothing to be nervous about. Thank you. I'm walking to the car and I, I have to just be honest with you. I felt the presence of God say, how interesting you're preaching on peace this weekend. And you have this appointment. Good luck with all of that. <laughs> we all have a thing. We, every one of us has a thing. And uh, I thought about a story in, in the New Testament that is my favorite story about fear. And I thought I would read it to you. You've probably read it before. If you haven't, this is one of the great ones in the Bible. It's in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. Listen. Listen to this. Immediately, uh, this is Jesus walking on the water. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So they're doing this ministry, right? And after he dismissed the crowd and dismissed them, he went on up the mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried. And Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Don't you just love the Lord? Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Don't you just love Peter? Come, he said, and then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray together. God, would you use these moments together to say something significant to us? God, if we were manifesting the right kind of spirit, right kind of courage in this place, we would, we would bring to you in this spot, God, all of our humanity, every single bit of it. What's working great, what's not working great, what, what represents healthy thinking, Lord, where we're broken, where we're sinful, where we're jacked up. And we would say, Lord, here we are. And you can manifest your presence in our lives. This we pray in the name of Christ. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Let me just tee this up real quickly and say this. This is one of the most well-remembered stories in the New Testament. Jesus has just fed the 5,000, and he sent the disciples on, and I think on purpose, Right, He sent them on. He's going to come to them later. After all, he's Jesus. He could do whatever he wants to do. And so he comes to them later. They have this encounter. It's one of the most popular, one of the most compelling encounters of one of Jesus' miracles in the entire New Testament. 
And and in this moment, there's a lot that we can learn on and a lot we can focus on. And it's really primarily a conversation about fear. And I think a lot of us need to think better about fear. One of the things that I want to say, if if you're taking notes, if you're at all interested, I, I would want to say this. I am learning in this story that fear itself, listen to me now closely, fear itself is not the problem. So I want to talk for a moment or two about irrational fear. Happens in verse 26. The disciples saw him walking on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost. They cried out. There's the irrational fear. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. I think sometimes when people talk about fear only in a bad way, I want to go, that doesn't measure right with our humanity, right? I mean, their, their fear itself is not the problem. Um, there's a great book around this by Christian author John Ortberg. He wrote a book, If You Want to Walk on Water, you got to get out of the boat. This is a fantastic book. And John says this. He said, at its simplest and most benign, this kind of fear, listen, is an internal warning cry that danger's nearby, and we'd better do something about it. It's designed to be what researchers call a self-correcting mechanism, something designed to be unpleasant enough to motivate us to take action and remove ourselves from whatever it is that is threatening us. It readies our body to flee, to fight, or to hide. I remember when I was growing up one afternoon, my dad and was doing some work. We lived in this place when we, we lived, I think it was in Tampa, and we had this big yard and had all these orange trees, and in the back, my dad built this whole shed. And one afternoon, he said, I was with him, he said, I'm going to go get something out of the shed. And he walks into the shed, and all of a sudden, you hear it's like the shed blows up. And, you know, you remember that, remember that story, like the, the movie that happens every year, uh, uh, Christmas Story? Remember when, like, I think something happened with the tire, and, you know, there's all that tire, and then the dad starts to cuss, and he lets out these obscenities that are still circling the atmosphere? That's what happened in the shed. And my dad goes in the shed, and finally, all this commotion, he backs out, and this snake just slithers out of the shed. And this is the kind of fear, I think, at first, that is going on in this story, and it's irrational fear. Listen, to, listen very carefully. Science writer Rick Dozier says this. He speaks of a kind of fear which is centered in our limbic system that detects fear within the tenth of a second of initial perception. Before our conscious decision-making has had a chance to kick in, all of us have it. And this is the way that God has hardwired us. When we go into this kind of fear, our adrenaline is released, our blood drains from the skin surface, is redirected to our core, our heart pounds, our pupils expand to take in information, our mouth gets dry. I I remember uh, reading a story one time about a guy who was navigating a difficult conversation with his boss and it made him nervous. And he told his wife, I get, I'm so nervous about this conversation. And he said, I get so nervous, my palms sweat. And about an hour later, he comes in and he tells his wife, he said, I'm, 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 ugh, I'm nervous about this. He, makes, he just rattles me and, and he makes me nervous. Not only does my palms sweat, my mouth gets dry. And his wife looks at him and said, well, if that happens tomorrow in that conversation, lick your palms. Okay? And this is the kind of fear that is going on. It's, it's a rational fear. And here's what I want you to notice. It's this fear. This fear doesn't get the rebuke of Jesus. I mean, this happens to Peter, and G- Jesus doesn't rebuke that fear. He says, 
hey, Peter, take courage. It's me. Some translations put it this way. Be of good cheer. It's me. Be of good cheer. It's me. Isn't that interesting? It's not that fear. The fear that, that I want us to talk about with faith is the next fear up. And I want to say if you're taking notes, genuine faith is not the absence of fear. Rational fear is what I want to talk about. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter got down out of the boat, walked in the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, when he saw the wind, he was afraid, began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me here. Sometimes I think Peter gets a bad rap because, right, he did get out of the boat. Did you notice, did anybody else get out of the boat? No. So I want to go hats off to Peter. But what does Peter do? He gets out of the boat and he takes his eyes off of Jesus. There's a rational fear. This is what Jesus is challenging. Some of the greatest things ever accomplished in the world and in our lives happened not when we weren't fearful. It's that we stepped past our fear. I can remember when I was working on a degree and I wanted so badly to plant a church. I felt it, y'all, in my spirit. And every time I... uh, Applied every time I tried, I was told no, 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 no. And I kept praying about it. And then the day before I fly to Seoul, South Korea, in my doctoral cohort to study the prayer movement of the Korean people, which is phenomenal, a denominational leader calls and said, You're going to plant a church, we think, in Palm Beach County. Now, here's, here's the little sad story about me. I'd been praying about that for a year. What do, you, what do you think I would have done? Yes. I went, oh, no. <laughs> and what was actually going on in my spirit was I felt like the dog that had chased the truck and caught it. Now, now what? I, I, I was overcome with fear. I'm going to fail in front of my precious wife. We're going to move to a part of the country we'd not lived, and we're going to do all this stuff. We have two little baby girls. Like, what? What's going to happen? I go over to the prayer movement of Seoul, South Korea. One of the powerful moments, they have this prayer mountain. And they have carved into this mountain these little six-by-six prayer grottos where they go on Friday night and they pray for the services on the weekend. And I went over there and I thought, I'm going to do that. I'm fearful. I was fearing failure. You ever felt failure? And I went in that prayer grotto and I prayed and, and I didn't even make it all night. I prayed to about three, but I felt and I wrote down in my journal where God had said to my spirit, not in an audible voice, but he said, you know what? If you'll just go, if you'll step over the fear and you'll trust me, I'll build a community of hope in Western Palm Beach County. And, and, and I just see what's happening. And this is, this is not me. God is revealing his glory. Now, what if 
He wants to reveal glory in your life. What if there's a moment, there's a thing, there's a spot, there's a scenario where Jesus is saying, right now, I'll reveal my glory in that if you'll let me. See, God has wired us up, and irrational fear is a good thing. We sense it. I remember when our girls were getting a little older, we, we taught them like you did, right? Watch your surroundings. Watch people around you. You feel something weird, you know? Back off. But what happens, I think, sometimes is when that spirit moves over into the rational side of our brain, it's not like God is saying fear not because he wants to save us from discomfort. Most of what God invites us into can make us afraid. And so fear is real, but here's the thing. God wants trust to be bigger than fear. And that's really what's going on right now in our culture. We're being swallowed alive by fear. This is such an important conversation for what is happening. And I am learning in my own life that faith that focuses on Jesus is what brings deeper peace. But we have to develop that muscle. You know, here's what I would tell you. Most of faith, right, it's developmental. That's why Jesus said, hey, you got to have faith like a mustard seed. You ever had a must- seen a mustard seed? Tiny. But if you, if you start there and you move forward, God will create a way in his spirit that you can step past your fear with a faith posture. And here's what happens. Trust in his presence grows. Now, many, some of you know this story. When I was growing up, I was so skinny. I told you about the shed and the orange trees and all that. My dad, when it would come time to pick the fruit, some of you all know this, he would extend the aluminum ladder to the top of the tree and he'd lean it in the tree and I'd climb up and I'd get the fruit out. And then when he was through, he would pull the ladder back with me on the top, (laughs) move it over to the other tree, put it in there. I have a visual, visual, a visual memory of that. And, and my dad, the whole time he's doing that, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha, you, I'm not going to let you fall. I didn't fall. And here's the thing. My fear was being defeated. Watch this now. My trust in my heavenly father, or in my earthly father, was growing. It's the same thing. And, and so I made a little list before we close. I wonder how our faith could grow if some of us would have the conversation we've been putting off. Or we'd apply for the job we've been dreaming about. Or we'd step into a ministry that God is calling us to. Or we'd stand up to the bully that's been mistreating you or someone else. Or you'd be willing to share your honest opinion with a friend that you so often placate. Or you address the character flaw you've been trying to hide. 
or you ask for the help you need, or you forgive the person you've held a grudge against. Fear goes down. Trust in God goes up. See, we ultimately have to decide. It's true, or this whole thing's a sham. And the problem with that is we have people and stories and lives and communities that have just changed radically because they discovered our God gives peace like a river and it can be well with our soul. Lord, will you help us? Will you help us? Will you help us, Lord, right now when, I don't know, I just think of those words of the Apostle Paul where he says, you know, we have fightings on the outside and fears on the inside. God, it's just, it threatens to overtake us. Would you help us learn what others before us have learned? That you can be trusted 100%. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Lord, in this place, we want to just come and make an honest confession. My sense is certainly there are people in here for whom we can honestly say that. And I know, I just know there are a lot of us, God, that we can't yet say that. It's not well. It's not good. And we need to know in this moment, Jesus, that you see us, uh, that you know us, that you have good in store for us, that you have promised, Lord, that there is coming a day when you'll remove the things that stand against us. And so, God, in this middle space, in this middle space, oh, Lord, teach us in this day how to grow in our trust of you. By your spirit, point out what's in the way of that, whether it's a bad example, whether it's a a difficult situation at a church, whether it's a family member, whether it's a tragedy, whatever it is, oh God, that you might help us navigate toward places of trust because you're good and you love us. This we lay before you in the precious and powerful name of Jesus who is our Savior. And everyone said, amen. Would you go in the peace of the living Christ? He loves you. We'll see you next weekend.